We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Roses are red, violets are blue. This is a poem that I made for you. My name is Bladen, him Matt, and him Theo. Together, we're Stay Hot, your favorite podcast trio. <laughs> Welcome bars. back to bars. Welcome back bars. to another Stay Hot live stream. I'm Bladen Kirkland, as always, with my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spineauer and Theo Ash. How are you guys doing today, man? Watch the worst <laughs> national championship game ever. Watch about this half of that one. Can't lie. This is <laughs> hilarious. This has been killing me. You got some Ohio State wide receiver questions in the chat. I want to go ahead and address those. <laughs> JSN should be the number one receiver off the board. And Garrett Wilson would go ahead of him if he was in this draft class and he would be a top 10 pick. Garrett Wilson would also be the number one receiver in this class by like a pretty wide margin to be completely oh, yeah. honest with you. Quentin Johnston is not him, I fear. Nope. He, uh, he got guy. he cost himself some cash last night. He is Kevin White, uh, reincarnate, I fear, as someone who hasn't watched him that closely, but has watched a decent amount of TCU games actually this year, probably more than any other individual football team with the playoff games and the game against Texas and a few other scattered ones here and there. And uh, he's just kind of weird off the line of scrimmage. And he's kind of a body catcher down the field. Like I saw someone, a Bears fan, because I did my Bears planning video <laughs> uh, on the uh, on my account and talked about how JSN was my number one receiver. Uh, reminds me of Amon Ross St. Brown. Reminds me kind of shades of Keenan Allen in there. Like someone who... Yeah. You know, may not be a burner, but like a good football player, you can tell. You can tell. Like he knows how to create separation. He knows how to contort his body. He knows how to make guys miss. Like he just knows what he's doing out there. And that's going to be enough for him, I think. Quentin Johnston. And then someone's like, well, Quentin Johnston is six foot four and he runs a 4.3, some Bears fan. Like he's wide receiver one. It's like, you know how you employ on your team, dude? Chase Claypool, right? Like that's. That's like kind of more what I see Quinn Johnston is like, you know, That's maybe he'll be a good, not a terrible point. 
Right. It's, it's someone who I think is a bit of a freak and, you know, obviously very athletic, but is he someone who is like going to be this super nuanced dude? Cause with a lot of wide receiver play, it's all a lot about timing, right? When you hit that third step, you've, you're manipulating at the top of the route here, like faking, right. But your plan is actually going left and you're doing that at just the right time that the ball mm -hmm. is there. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of technical mental stuff, yes. right? So you want the Ohio state guys. And that's why literally every single one of them has been good because they get coached by the best in the world at it. And when they get to the NFL, it's they, they're freaks and they know what to do. And I think, I think when Johnston is kind of just a, a freak, so yeah, I, I love JSN to the Bears. I, I'm not to hijack yes, everything. Yes. Just because it would force the, uh, Fields to get the ball out fast, right? Like, it yep, would just... It's exact, and it's exactly what they need. And people, right. people are going to be would low that be on like him. in the second right round? round? No. I think no, you trade back. Honestly, rounder. if you... I mean, I yeah, think I think they trade back, back a bunch. too. But, like, if you can... And when you look at the... I did a mock draft. I didn't post it yet. Uh, but, like, man, once you get past the top three, I had, like couple teams trade up right first two off the board you get young and stroud and then obviously anderson and um carter then after that yeah. there's kind of a void there's kind of a void honestly where it's like who's the fifth pick in the draft it, it's not a great place to be honestly like miles murphy's kind of nice there's some shades of like zadarius smith there where he's you know big and he gets out the ball pretty fast but you know not super like oh my god like fifth overall pick type pass rusher to be like there's or or Jordan Addison or J even JSN at five or any of the I guess I haven't scouted the tackles, but it just doesn't quite seem like fifth overall or sixth overall. So if you can get someone to bite on that first overall pick, like I I'm kind of for the Bears, like it's I think you want to trade kind of into JSN range. You either want to trade to like four with the Colts so you get one of the right. big two defensive guys. Or you want to, you, I think you might want to go with a team like Washington um, that might be picking in the middle of the first and try to get down mm. a good ways and then take a guy like JSN and, and get a ton of picks next year. I, I think that's I've, I've been a big fan recently of them trading back with Houston, right? And they would get basically uh, that second overall pick, which would basically be no change for them. And then they would probably also get the bear or the Texans second round pick and they'd have back to back picks in the second round or trading with Detroit and they get both of Detroit's first this year. That one I've been a little bit intrigued with because then you could still probably get a pretty high level defensive player and get a guy like JSN. Yeah, I think so. I, th I think that could be a decent one. I just, I just think like, I wonder if a trade with, we're, now we're just talking about the bears. If we're yeah. talking about like <laughs> picking at nine, right. If you're with, with the Panthers, I just wonder if that's the spot you want to be is, but I guess you could trade back. You could always trade back nine. Twice. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I would like the Panthers to stay pat and pick whichever project falls to them, to be completely honest. Levis, I guess I haven't scouted enough and I should have more of a strong opinion on Levis or Richardson or whatever. But to me, if it was Caleb Williams, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and that was who you were trading up for, I would do that for the three first. I'm not doing it for Stroud and Young. They're not quite that level. And I like Levis and Richardson a pretty decent amount. If you feel like you can develop them, 
I'm happy staying there and taking them at nine. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's where you want to be if you're in the if the if you're kind of in that five to ten range in the draft. I think that might be where you take those developmental quarterbacks. Um, that I th- I, th- I think that there's like I said, like everyone hates Levis and everyone hates Richardson, and they haven't learned their lesson from like talented quarterbacks in the past that were projects. And I know that these guys aren't. Josh Allen level talents, in my opinion, like they're not quite like that because no one is quite like that. But dude, like um, Richardson and Levis, are Richardson still pretty are darn, yeah, talented, they're pretty man. darn it's talented, like, yeah. right? They're the only two that are like holy shit with the physical gifts. Um, I know, I know, so a lot of Ohio State fans think think Stroud is, and a lot of Alabama think fans think Young are like, oh my god, physical gifts. But I, I don't quite think that's true. But they are the most pro ready, and and they have the most accuracy and. They definitely have high floors. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's see, Theo, let's talk about the Rogers situation. I actually am very confident in the Rogers situation. I know a lot of people, I should make a video about this. I know a lot of people made a big deal about him holding on to his Jersey, right? Cause this one's special Cobb's retiring. Okay. Cobb is retiring probably because in the press conference afterwards, he said, you know, night game Lambo week 18, you know, it's just a special one that you may want to give to someone is, is what he said. Oh, someone else or someone special is what he said. He may want to give it to someone special. Cobb retiring, right? He's probably going to give this to Cobb, the jersey from Cobb's last game. Longtime friend. That's what I think he meant by that. And again, I, I very much still believe in the idea that it's Rodgers for one more year. Contract gets way more movable after next year ends loves fifth year option one year prove it type of season that's to me still what makes the most sense with the development of watson i do think that you can convince rogers to come back for one more year i mean he just signed the contract if he signed the contract and wasn't and was just gonna quit immediately after one bad year like he wouldn't have signed a contract that long like i think he'll look back on it and he'll say, you know, I made this deal. I signed this deal. It's a long-term deal. I'm, I'm not just going to bail on it after one year, especially in a year where we were so close, like four I points away from the playoff. I, I don't think that he's going to – I don't think he's going to re- retire. I don't think I he's don't gonna know. I, I don't see – if you're Rodgers and, and you were like, I might retire next year, would you then be like, I only want a one-year deal? Or would you be like, I want a long-term deal with a bunch of whole money after, whole bunch of money after that? Like, I, I kind of think it doesn't matter to him from his perspective. He's like, I can retire anyway if I get this long-term deal. So this is perfect. The long-term deal gives him options. I, I, that's probably... Maybe he's what? a man. Have you ever heard of being a man of your word, Matthew Sponauer? <laughs> right. No, I have not. <laughs> you. Matt's a pathological exposed. liar. So <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, we do have to talk about the college football playoffs. We do. We do. We do. Let's. And, and uh, thoughts on the 12 team expansion. <laughs> I was always the BCS. <laughs> I have never felt better about it. What you watched last night was the entire argument for the 12-team playoff do a 180 in one day. It was hilarious. It went from, we need to have the 12-team playoff because that'll that'll give us more upsets. We need more upsets, and we'll see more underdog teams have a chance at winning the national title, too. If we have the 12-team playoff, underdogs like this won't make it this far, and we'll avoid games like this. 
what what happened? I thought I thought 12 team playoff was pro upset and all of a sudden now it's anti upset. And it's funny because, uh, you know, in the first round, um, when when the games are really good, people are like, see, these games are awesome. How could you not want more 12 team playoffs? How could you not want that? That's more playoff games like this. And then it's bad. And people are like, how could you not want the 12 team playoffs? We have games like this. The 12 team will fix it. Ultimately, whatever happens in the playoffs, people are going to sit there and say, oh, well, or whatever happens in the 14 playoff, people are going to sit there and say, well, the 12 team playoff would fix this. And they don't really know specifically what they mean. So like for the last three or four years, you've heard the the crying of, oh, it's the same teams. It's the same teams. It's the same teams. And then all of a sudden back to back years, it's not really the same teams anymore. And this is, this is just the worst thing to ever happen. It's only right. If it's Ohio state, Alabama, Michigan, and Georgia, those have to be the teams. So I don't, you know, I, I, want I don't everyone, even necessarily. Yeah, I want everyone who, or you could finish your rant, but just like everyone who said anything, the word, anyone who uttered the word Alabama last night should be rounded up oh in a my big God. and shipped to Tanzania because that's a shitty take and idea. And the whole like, this wouldn't have happened to Alabama, like probably not, but like, why the fuck would they be there? Yeah. They lost games and like, don't, yeah, people don't lose two games. The 14 playoff was made. It was made so that like no team that had a claim to being the best in the country after the regular season and conference championship games were played would get left out. And you've gone to four and now there's teams crying that they're actually the fourth best team and that they deserve to be in any way. And when you go to 12, people have this idea. Oh, the 13th team will be like, well, we controlled our own destiny and we just didn't get it done in the regular season. No, it's not going to happen. There's going to be some two lost team that's like, but we had one ranked win. Dude, Alabama <laughs> stunk this year. Sorry, man. They weren't yeah. the national champion and they didn't win the national championship. Beautiful. Perfect. Sorry. They had, you have they to had win your awful game. receivers. Their offensive line wasn't really that great. It was just Bryce Young, Will Anderson, and I can't even remember their running back's name, but he Gibbs. was pretty good. Gibbs. Yeah. Gibbs, yeah. Those were Gibbs like the is, only good players this year. Gibbs is nice. Kirby Smart is an underrated shit talker is what I got from the national <laughs> championship. Oh my God. After the game. Well, first of all, he went for an, on that fourth down. Oh my God. It was, they were up 40, 45. I think that that's insane behavior. I don't think a team has ever been as like, they kind of deserved it because they were getting, because getting beat 65 to seven in a national championship game is crazy. But like TCU, oh my God, the amount of disrespect. <laughs> Imagine playing in a national championship. You get there, you win almost all of your games, except for one, which you probably should have won if the refs could see a goal line. Um, you win all your games, you get to the national championship game, and you got like major sports outlets tweeting that George is the t- champion at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... You got Georgia players. Literally, they went to the stands and got wings and were just like eating wings on the sideline while the game was still going on. Dude, like, I, I was, made, I, was, I bet like all the money I have in my FanDuel account on on Georgia. I, 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 I put $10 on TCU. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, I mean, it would be like the worst champion in the history of college football by like a wide margin from a recruiting standpoint. And I, I, you know, I said the same thing when they played Michigan and granted they kind of only beat Michigan because of like multiple pick sixes, which, you know, 
that's that's things that they forced. But the talent difference between Michigan and Georgia is one that Michigan can't overcome. So, you know, considering TCU's recruiting even worse, it's like, right. I, I just, I just, it, it, it kills me how the arguments will change. It, it's just whatever happens in the four-team playoff, whatever people have a problem with, that's what the 12-team playoff will fix. And if it changes year to year, and that means that you're contradicting yourself year to year, people will do it anyway. We're going to get to the 12-team playoff, and either the playoffs themselves will be good, and people will say, great, see, we won. In, you know, They're not going to care about the regular season all that much, which is fine, whatever. I've, I've accepted that. Or those play those twelve team playoffs will not end up the way that people want, and they're not going to be like maybe we shouldn't have expanded the playoffs. They're just going to be like college football sucks. It just sucks. <laughs> I hate it. They're like this doesn't work like the NFL, and it's like an entirely entirely different system. And people will be like, but why isn't it like exactly like the NFL? Right. So uh, it, right. It's just, and it's yeah. not going to work. Is the thi- like it's there's going to be fifty to zero games. It's just the way yeah. shit goes. Right when you play high seed playing low seed instead of like eleven versus ten. Right, what a bowl game would be. Right, it would be like ideally like ten versus 11. not exactly. That's not exactly how it works. But you try to like match right. teams that are even. But like this is like you are literally setting up for this the rest of the way right this is what you are setting up we all know that there's a big talent discrepancy in college football and that's either you either know how to accept that or you you don't right like people who really like college football they they know this they just like the sport enough to watch the games that are good every week can't wait to see georgia beat utah by a (laughs) hundred there's gonna be some good games and when those games happen this is the thing that like after the 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 the, uh 14 playoff games the semifinal is like those games were good. And then like, I saw all the college football writers, the NFL will never give you games like the, and this is why college football is clear. And that might be true, but they also spend, I'm sorry. It is. It's like the best in college football games are so much better. And the only two get like every year, the NFL has one game like that. And people are like, Oh my God. You know, they'll be like, it's all, and there's no defense in college football, but then, they they like Chiefs Bills somehow. They might, and that might be true. But those same college football writers spend the other three hundred sixty days of the the year <laughs> writing about how fundamentally broken their sport is, <laughs> and how like everything is is off kilter. And it didn't uh, used to be like this, man. It didn't used to be like this, but now it is. So I don't know. It, I, I I see your point. I do, and and you know, it, it's it's funny. You think about USC Tulane. That was a great game. The, the solution is that that game should have felt like an accomplishment for Tulane in its own right. And it still does. But the more you expand the playoffs, the less it will. But when Tulane won that game, what were people saying? Well, this sucks that they're not advancing in the playoffs. Guys, if Tulane advances in the playoffs, how do you think it's going to end? What do you think is going to happen? They're not going to win the national title. And now people have accepted that. But we went from Tulane needs to be advancing in the national title. It, it must or to, you know, in the, in the playoffs, it must be that way too. How can we let these underdog teams that are recruiting poorly get so far? And in the in the span of a week, in a week, people have flipped the entire in the entire argument on its head. And it uh, kills me. All I'm saying it's so is- funny. Roll wave. <laughs> roll, yeah, roll, wave. roll yeah. wave. People can't conceptualize <laughs> this like idea of winning something that isn't the entire thing. Yep. You see it in basketball too, where it's like they're like, oh, maybe we do an early season tournament. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's just a different it's just a tournament. 
And like I played soccer when I was a kid and we would go to different, like, obviously you could win like state, you could do that. But sometimes there would just be some random ass tournament that we would go play in and see if we could win it. And if we did, it was cool. And we won this tournament. And if we didn't, it, we didn't win the tournament and the season continued on. And it made a lot of sense to me that it's like, this is just another thing to go win. Every but, other sport, every other sport has no problem figuring that out. Wrestling not every other does, sport, just soccer. Soccer understands no, this. Well, maybe soccer other. understands it. Wrestling understands it. Track yeah, understands right. it. Americans don't understand it, it. It's literally, it's like just football and basketball. Those are the only ones. Well, that, and not even basketball, actually. Golf I'd gets that, it. Because they've got, they've got the Olympics, right? You go over to the Olympics and you win the yes, gold medal. True. And that's like a little the extra NCAA thing you tournament. can do. A Final Four appearance is considered very good. The solution to parity in, in college football is not is not like you're going to make some magical system that like balances recruiting. Recruiting is unbalanced because being a good team is the advantage in getting good players and the NFL being a bad team is the advantage in getting good players. So unless you want to make there a prospect draft, which obviously is ridiculous, that's not going to change it. 15 round, the three stars. (laughs) Yeah. The first pick. Incarnate word is now on the clock. It's been going for the first pick. Four months. The, the solution is, is not to have like, the solution is not to have like, oh, some magical system that balances all that. The solution is that building up a program and getting to the point where you are a team that has the talent, that's like the process. That takes time. That's what you watch, you know? But you need to have things that are rewarding the teams that aren't necessarily at that level yet. And that's the point of the bowl games. That's why it was like that for a hundred years. It's not because everyone who ran college football was stupid or evil. (laughs) It's because that's, that's how it logically should have worked. But when you take that away, when you say the bowl games matter, nothing matters, but winning the national title, how are teams supposed to achieve anything that aren't at that level yet? And why is the recruit? Would you go there? Right. It's right. 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 Cause that, that that shows you. Yes. Yes. And I guess you could still, say that where it's it's like well last year we had this record this year we got to the first Mm -hmm. round of the playoffs next year we got to the second round and we lost but i don't know and this is kind of i may be from an aesthetic standpoint and just whatnot but it is it is just better to end it on a high note and say like look at this trophy we have and it's not the loot because now it's a consolation prize right like we lost Mm -hmm. but look at our our peach bowl trophy that we got we lost you know the next yep. week but we got the peach bowl trophy and it just feels it just feels like a you know doesn't feel as or important. people people will people will say that making the playoffs will help their recruiting and to some extent that's true not nearly i mean people are like it's going to balance recruiting dude you can transfer instantly and teams can pay players money dog tulane making the 12 team playoffs will not balance their recruiting however when we're talking about the advantage of being a good team and, and what that does for the recruiting, like look at Cincinnati. Do you, th- what do you think about Cincinnati's playoff season helped their recruiting? Do you think it was going undefeated, undefeated, winning the AAC and being ranked number four? Or do you think it was the playoff game that they played? It was going undefeated and being ranked number four. If they had gone and played in the sugar bowl or the cotton bowl or whichever new year right. six bowl, instead of the playoffs in a BCS system, would their recruiting not have benefited just as much? It would have easily. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Last night was hilarious. 
<laughs> it was. Uh, just, or TCU. TCU, talking about the actual football, their three, their funky little, like, odd front that they do were just the three down linemen. Stupid. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, God bless them. That's what I'll say. Jesus, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not fair. And that's what it comes down to is I think a lot of these teams, like, I think about Cincinnati, Alabama last year, outside of the trenches, Cincinnati actually matched up pretty good with Alabama. They actually held their own. But the offensive and defensive line and these like little, it's like doing that type of stuff against a team yeah. that's just like twice your size. It just, it just doesn't work. And, and it, it, it's so hard to have any scheme, especially what TCU was doing last yeah, night. Yeah. Like there's just, there's really no people on the outside. So it's just like, well, why don't we just run to the outside? And you're only rushing. I mean, they do a lot of blitzes and stuff. So they're not only rushing three, but you only got three beefy dudes in there and Georgia will be like you are matching the beefiest toughest gnarliest team in history with like three down linemen okay and uh yeah that was just not the and you can't really deviate from it if you're TCU because it's what you are it's what you do it's not like you can just it's not Madden where all of a sudden you can just change your playbook like the week before the Super Bowl and then like look at all the sliders of the team fit match. And then it's just there. It's not like that. So you got to stick with what your guys know, but it just was never, I said, Georgia by 20 before the game. And I was off by more than if I would have said what I would have, I could have said TCU by double digits and been just as far off as what actually happened. And I predicted Georgia to win by three scores. Uh, yeah, it was, um, I think I had Georgia by 25. Yeah, way what, off. What we were way and off. I was, and you know what? <laughs> Not even I, close, it, man. I, I was being nice, too. I shouldn't have been. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Hilarious, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a good name from the neck roll linebacker. No, sir. You can't, can't be a... Uh, Start a neck roll linebacker against an <laughs> SEC team. I'm sorry, you I'm cannot. Sorry. You can't you be cannot. doing that. Um, if we want to speak speak on the draft a little bit again, um, I was seeing a lot of people say that the they think the Lions are not in a position to draft a quarterback this year. Dude, like, c- come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, like, guys. Like, when? Let's I mean, like, when when be off to they... the Super Bowl? We've already done this with him. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, very, he's, he's, as, as far as quarterbacks who you need to replace, he's pretty good. I'll give you that. But, like, guys, <laughs> same thing with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the passing offense was really good this year, but, like, eventually your offensive coordinator is going to leave, right? Ben Johnson's going to be gone. Yeah. Do you have faith in Goff after that happens, right? Like Ben Johnson's going to be gone. You know, they're eventually going to sign Penny Sewell to an $100 million contract and they're going to lose Taylor Decker. And eventually these things are going to happen. And like with Rodgers, right, with Aaron Rodgers, his, his guys get signed away all the time, right? Like there goes... Nathaniel Hackett, well, I guess he didn't play that well after Nathaniel Hackett left, but like there goes Ben McAdoo, there goes Luke Getze, there goes, it, it, to the good quarterbacks, it happens all the time. Josh Allen, there goes Brian Dable, there he goes, goodbye, doesn't matter, no. 
there goes Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. There goes this and that. Like, it doesn't matter what they lose. There goes Tyree Kill. Does it matter? No. Right. It doesn't matter. They, they, they continue to maintain stuff. And it's like, you got to keep that in mind with Jared Goff is like, right now, things are pretty damn good. No one's been hired away. All the good players are on cheap deals right now. Like, it, you know, I haven't lost anyone. It's building up. It's in that stage. But like, eventually, that's not going to be the case. And like, do you have a guy in that case that it doesn't matter? No, you have a guy where it very much does matter. So, but if he, I, mean, if I he couldn't, get, if he couldn't win a Super Bowl with Sean McVay, he's not winning one. Oh, he's probably, probably not. He's we we got people not. in the comments, guys. Daniel Jones isn't going to win you a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yep. Like. Sorry, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. If he doesn't, if he does not look like he is turning into a franchise quarterback by the end of year two, he's almost certainly not doing it. And I'm sorry, guys. He he was not particularly impressive. Uh, these are guys with incredible. Like once you start getting up to that level of like we are supposed to win playoff games, you're going to judge your quarterbacks a lot more harshly, and you're not going to look on. He didn't mess up. He didn't throw a ton of interceptions. We put right. we made things as easy as possible on him, and he didn't lose us the game instantly. You're not going to look at that as like, oh my god, this is amazing. And look, it, you know, I, I I don't think that it. I, I expect Daniel Jones and Goff to be starting Week One. I don't think that's the the wrong decision for next year. But yeah. to be like we're set at quarterback, I don't think people say that because that in their heart of heart they believe it. I think they say that because. They stare down how hard it is to get a quarterback to actually get a franchise quarterback and how risky it would be to take somebody with the tools unless you have the number one overall pick. And you say, I would rather just roll with this guy. It's easier to just be like, this guy could be the one. All I'm saying is you have golf on like people. People are acting like golf's just gone. Like golf is on contract for what? Two more years draft a guy. You, uh, you're not going to have. Like the Lions aren't getting any worse. You're not going to have the sixth pick next year. The fact that the Rams were as bad as they were is a blessing. (laughs) Like that is a complete blessing. You're not going to have this opportunity next year or two years from now. Caleb Williams isn't going to be available to you. If you, if you like Will Levis, if you like Anthony Richardson, if Stroud fault, like if you, if there's a guy that you like and he falls to you at six, pull the trigger on him. Do you feel the same way? Just a hypothetical question. I agree with you. Yes. Or trade up. Do you feel the same way about the Seahawks at, at five? I kind of do. I okay. kind of do. Like, first of all, Gino's a free agent this year. That's, it's, a, it's a little bit different because you could... Gino may ask for a little bit more money. I think and you bring back Gino. I think, I think you, you, I think you should try. I think you should try. But if he has a good offer to play somewhere else, he might take it. That might be the only thing, unless you unless you tag him, I guess. I feel a little bit differently about the Seahawks because I think I actually think Gino is better than Goff. I do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Gino do. Gino is better than Goff, but like, but is Gino he's also, one of those one of those guys? Right, he's thirty two. Right, depends a lot on how much that, you're paying him. As far as team yeah. building goes, it kind of depends a lot on how much you're paying him, and that, that's part of that's part of the Lions' problem is like. $34 million for average quarterback play where we have to say, well, he can be okay if everything around him is really, really, really nice. It's like, Franchise Gino trade for it's like, I man, I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting question about, you know, what, what directions, because the lions and Seahawks hypothetically are, are they had the same record. It came down to some tiebreakers that ones in the playoffs and ones right. aren't 
one has like kind of a journeyman bridge quarterback. The other has Gino, who kind of fits that description. They pick very close to each other in the draft. Why should their plans be different, I guess, is is the question I got to grapple with. And I, I think maybe the question is, the, the answer might be the Lions. This, <laughs> the Lions are truly like there. They're not quite playing with house money like the Seahawks are after trading away their franchise guy. They're, well, they did because they traded away Stafford. So I guess did. they are just in the same place. So maybe my, my logic should be consistent. It's kind of tough. Just I, I do feel Gino is a bit better. I, I do feel a little bit better about Gino than, than golf. And I, I feel that way because maybe. I think that he's yeah. got a little bit more confidence to him than golf does. I feel like he's a bit more accurate. He's got, I think a bit more, uh, escape abilities. I mean, he really showed some serious speed in that, uh, at the end of that Rams game for like that one play where then Ramsey knocked him out of bounds and there was that penalty. So I think he's a little bit more mobile. I do, I do think he's a bit more accurate and, um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with Gino versus Goff. But yeah, I, I, I do wonder what the Seahawks will do because they're in that number five spot. And and in that number five spot, they're kind of in that dead man zone where they're right. probably not going to be able to get Carter or Anderson. Maybe something happens, Carter falls, and they can get Carter problem solved. But if they can't get Carter or Anderson and they're there at number five, who's there, right? Like one of the corners, maybe you could take a guy like, you know, what's the, the, the South Carolina corner or there's a bunch of really good corner class, but I mean, maybe you could take miles Murphy or something like that. Tyree out of uh, Texas tech. I think that is like, like, maybe uh, you could do something like that, but they're kind of in that dead zone and they're probably not going to be gifted this top five pick again. Same with the lions. Um, right. I guess I'd rather drop a, a franchise quarterback in that lions offense and I think with the Seahawks, you can roll with Gino again because, and, and you can you can have Goff start Week One, right? right? Like this this is ultimately Goff has done his job well, right? He's played the part, and he's gonna play the part of bridge quarterback well also. But you're not gonna have another opportunity to put someone in there to sit for a year or long. Like if you need him to sit longer, you can because you have him on con. I'm pretty sure you have golf on contract for two more years. So you, you can let him sit for kind of as long as you need. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, and it depends on how much you like Levison Richardson, but yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I would, I'd consider it. I would definitely consider it for both teams and you know, maybe they would, you know, you talk around the league, there's still a long time to go. Maybe because they have two draft picks. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe people are lower on on Levis and, and Richardson than, than we think, and you could get them more in that 20 range, like Jordan Love, who is a kind of a toolsy guy who didn't really have the numbers to back up. But also, there are a lot of teams guy. after five and six that need quarterbacks. If you like Levis, right, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, five or six, you should well, probably and, take him there. And what it comes down to is teams are pretty risk risk adverse when it comes to these situations. So if you can talk yourself into you don't need to take that shot and be risky with that, they don't like to do it. And that's the wrong strategy. It's incorrect. So I I think the Seahawks taking a quarterback is pretty darn unlikely. And I'm not sure I would even agree if they did. I think the Lions, 
I think that's a toss up. I really wonder if they will, because it's so much easier to just be like, we could get two really good defensive players though. And we could just roll with golf and pay him a big bunch of money. And you know, that'll maybe down the line, that'll be a problem, but it's not going to be a problem this year. So, but then you have a team like the Panthers where it's like, they have, they, I mean, they must go be serious about quarterback this off season. No, they have to yeah. be, or it's like, we just yeah. don't even care. It'll be a, It'll be interesting to see because the middle-level quarterback contract is kind of dead, right? You don't really see guys get like reasonable, cheap contracts anymore because I, th- I think if if you could tell me, because we have seen Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. We've seen Goff in the, in the Super Bowl. We've seen who's the worst quarterback to win it recently, would you say? Foles, Probably I Foles. guess. Yeah. Foles. You see Foles win a Super Bowl. So... If someone's on like if if you could take these guys on like a real cheap like if you could get golf really cheap like eventually maybe I'd consider that but you got to like look at the market right now and it's like where are all these cheap like that's not really what happens but maybe there's a bit of a We'll Maybe. see how it plays. We'll I mean, a lot of it is plays, how much yeah. it costs. It costs to sign guys to sign, but yeah, you could get away with like the 16th best quarterback if you didn't have to pay him 35 million dollars a year. But yeah. you do, and, and the team building disadvantage. I mean, it's it's a, a brutal disadvantage to have the fifth best quarterback on a massive deal. Having the sixteenth is 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 tough in itself. So, speaking yeah. of having the sixteenth best quarterback on a massive deal, uh, Kyler and the Cardinals you have a new coach. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Watson. <laughs> no, no, Kyler's better than that. I like Kyler. I just, I'm just making a low effort. Yeah, low hanging fruit click, there. It's okay. Clickbait joke for for likes. Um, Kingsbury fired. Yes. Um, Steve Kime probably he's on leave, but it seems like he's not coming back. And DeAndre Hopkins. The trade rumors are back. Uh, interesting baby. That kind of seems a little bit silly to be you know a team that is courting Sean Payton potentially. And then, like, openly announcing DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> not going to be here. Do not think that he will be around. Uh, yeah. Any GM, you have to train him. We don't want to give him a new deal. Uh, that is kind of an interesting way to approach it. A guy on a, I took an Uber with, the, the owner of the Cardinals is named Stephen Bidwell. I took an Uber in Phoenix, and I was talking to him about football, and he said that he worked on... Uh, the stadium at a point and Steven Bidwell was a dick to him and scammed him. So common Steve. So in solidarity with that Uber driver, um, solidarity that the, the Cardinals organization doesn't really know what they're doing. I, I don't know about this one, man, I guess like this is what happens when you trade for Hollywood Brown, give a first round pick for a guy on an expiring contract. You can't, you, you probably kind of have to give them a new deal. Otherwise you just traded a first round pick for like a year or two of a guy. And it's kind of tough to give both Hollywood and Deandre Hopkins massive new extensions. So one of them's got to go. It's a guy that you didn't just trade a first round pick for last year. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's once again, I think D hop showed that he could continue to play at a high level, uh, this year. We'll see what kind of contract they get. His game, we'll see how it ages because he's maybe not the most like nuanced. It's kind of, you know, dominance at the catch point and all that. So we'll see how his game ages. Maybe you can get out of it before the contract a little bit. So so maybe I can see it. But um, 
I don't know. What, I don't know if you guys had any had any thoughts uh, on uh, the whole situation in, in in Arizona. I'm just kind of spitballing. I don't know. Those last couple of games, he was kind of just how many? I mean, how many? What, what was this like target to catch? I don't know, but he's playing with Trace McSorley and yeah, uh, I guess I guess, I guess that's wow. So I guess that's true, but it was like, man, they they were. I I, I wonder. It's like. I, I do wonder about Hopkins. You're going to give up picks. You're going to pay him a bunch of money, and he's getting older, and that's the way that we're going to build around Justin Fields, which is a big suggestion. I'm not 100% certain, and I guess I get it because you kind of need to do it this year, and like I don't love this receiver class, but I don't know. I, I mean, it totally uh, uh, depends on price. He's totally going to get a less... I think he's going to get... The thing about the Bears is they just gave away... The number 32 pick, I would be like, yeah, sure. But they already gave that away for right. discount DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Like, that's that deal. Oh, yeah. I forgot they don't, yeah, right. they don't have that. Yeah, right. They don't have that pick that would be in Hopkins range. Because obviously, you're not going to trade the number one overall pick right. for Hopkins or anything like that. Why? Like, there's no. I mean, trade unless you're package. stupid. <laughs> well, maybe I guess they could like trade back to three Four or whatever or three, Arizona yeah. has and, and, like you move from one to three and you get Hopkins, I guess. But that deal doesn't make any sense because why would Arizona be interested in moving to number one? So, right. yeah, we'll see. I, I I will agree. It would be you got to be careful with this one because of his age and like giving up picks and a big deal is one that could potentially look bad, even though I still think mm-hmm. he's a good a good player. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't hate the idea of trading him. Um. I do think you kind of paint back to yourself into this corner where you, you know, kind of can't pay him because of the, the whole Hollywood Brown situation, which was bad. So this is kind of the price you pay. Um, but given their like in a vacuum, given their current situation, I don't think it's like a terrible idea to trade him. Well, they're kind of in this mini rebuild, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the owner Bidwell probably shouldn't make that decision for the new GM is kind of where I'm at with it, where it's like if the GM thinks it's a good idea, let the GM choose. Don't hire a GM with this on his back where it's like, oh, by the way, you, I'm already giving you, you know, you can't keep this good player. It's like, well, hire a staff and let the staff decide what to do is right. probably the best idea and not have Bidwell decide what to do. So I don't. What what was what was the what was the trade package for Brown again? Was it just the first? I think it was, I think it was just the first. first. Remember last year, Amari Cooper and a contract like with a yeah, big man. And I'm kind of thinking that we're seeing more like third round pick range, possibly. That's what I, I'm off the top of my head. This this is this is going to be the ultimate. Yeah, I mean, you can envision it now. DeAndre Hopkins gets traded for less draft capital than people expect less than you would do in Madden because you also have to pay him. And that's another asset you have to give up for him. And people go crazy about it on Twitter and call the Cardinals idiots. Yeah. Which maybe that's, that's and they're gonna, it's going to be, Oh, Hopkins got traded for peanuts. What? twice, And then some team with like negative $40,000 or $40 trillion in cap space is going to be like, why didn't we make this move? And they won't understand that. Like every team chose not to beat this deal for a reason. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think that, but I, but I do think much like the Amari Cooper deal where it's like, well, the guy comes with like the fourth biggest cap hit, but a fifth round pick is like they, the Browns still got pretty decent value out of the, like Amari Cooper was a good wide receiver yeah. for them this year. Did he play up to that 
maybe quite that contract. It's kind of up to debate because it's not just the fifth round pick, right? If he got paid by the team all this money and they were paying him all the money, right? And then he had that type of season, everyone would be like, whatever. But he, he really started balling out towards the end. I actually, really I actually do think, I actually do think that worked out. I do, th- yeah, I do I too. And I think, and I think whoever trades for Hopkins, like we're kind of looking at it for, from both sides right now, where it's like, I get why he's not going to go for that much. But also, I think at least for like next year, whoever gets him is going to be pretty happy because I still think like he showed he could be a very good wide receiver this year. But he is like a six foot tall guy who relies a lot on contested catches. Uh, yeah. Not that he's like a horrible route runner or anything. I, some, I think some people stereotype him as just like, you know, one of these just just a jump ball guy. Like he's got a bit of a burst to him, but I, I don't know if his game is going to age like... Uh, Hopkins, I would, Hopkins, I would watch the guaranteed money. That's right. what I'll say about that. Yeah, right. Hopkins has some pretty underrated burst, I think. Um, but re- remember, the Cardinals only tr- the Cardinals didn't give up a lot, and partly that was the Texans being dumb. Yeah, the Texans being dumb, but right. like they didn't give up a ton to get Hopkins in the first place. It was David Johnson, a second, and a fourth next, and a fourth like the following year. Yeah, and it's kind of tough to say like, oh, this team should be all over this. This team should be all over this with when it comes to Hopkins because I think like every team could kind of use a wide receiver like him. We, I mean, it could be a team with can, Super Bowl hopes like that could use a better number two like uh, Dallas or the Bills. It could be a yeah. team like the Giants who obviously really need a, bat, uh, a wide receiver. And I would honestly get it if I was if it was a team like, I don't know, um, who, who do you want to say like the lions right like if you're going to be drafting a rookie wide quarterback or making your support it could be the tech it could be the te- ship them back to the texans and and have <laughs> because they want you know brandon cooks pretty clearly wants out of there so when they draft their rookie quarterback like let's get them some weapon like truly every single team in the league probably works for deandre hopkins and could use a guy like yeah. that because everyone needs three receivers the only team that i would say like no it was probably like Cincinnati because like why they, they need to pay all these guys. They have like, here, they, so. they, yeah, they'd are, they'd have like four. Right. There's, there's <laughs> really not that many teams that, that it, it makes, I, I could see him getting traded quite literally anywhere except for maybe like, I don't know if I would see the Raiders trading for another wide receiver two off season. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yeah. The Raiders in a vacuum, they could totally use them. <laughs> They might. Sure. Yeah, Devontae, they Renfro, D-Hop, Mac Hollins. It would surprise Aaron me. Aaron Waller. <laughs> it wouldn't be stu- stupid, but it wouldn't like it wouldn't surprise me. It would surprise me. Jaguars would surprise me because they just traded for Ridley, so they probably yeah. are like, let's but who knows? Who knows? Maybe the Eagles or or one of these teams. Bro, just traded, the, the Eagles. <laughs> they just they're just like actually we we don't have enough weapons. So. How Roseman? This is it exactly. Roseman is a very active trader though. And yeah. Whenever any anything comes up like this, he's all over it. So I, no team. This since he's the only team that I'm like since he do not do that. That would be silly. You um, you would lose the like. We talk Maybe about like you want because you want of their dive. cap situation. <laughs> Saints and the Bucks—they're probably not that not in. Uh, definitely the Bucks. No, wait, wait for the restructure into oblivion <laughs> by the Saints for the twentieth year in a row. 
The Saints 0-17 take will hit eventually. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Tyler, I don't think the they can afford to pay T. Higgins. It would be interesting to see, um, you know, once all these contracts start to hit the fan, if if they say we would rather have a first-round pick than, and cheap talent than T. Higgins because we've got Chase. But, oh, Man. boy, it is, it's T. It's Higgins is tough. nice, though. He's T- extremely nice. He's, He's so nice with that's, that's one I that I think you could squeeze in. I think there there probably will be a way to squeeze that in. It's not like they I I don't, I don't quite know their cap situation, but I think there's teams know how to work magic with the cap. It's very real. It will come back to bite you. People don't understand yeah. that in the moment, but then when the, the it actually happens, people just blame everything but the roster construction <laughs> saints like yeah. Oh, cap isn't real. Cap isn't real. Like nothing ever happens if you just restructure all the time. And then a year like this happens womp and everyone's womp. like, nothing. Whoa, whoa, bad it's, ever the court, it's the coach's the fault. It's the coach's It's And they forget all about like the cap space. Like this was always building. Um, right. But I do think that Cincinnati is probably like they probably if they really wanted to could get everybody under the books. And I would bet they really want to because it's not like they've been restructuring for years in the the time to pay the prices has come. I, I think that they could, I think they could do, get something done, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I don't disagree. Josh Allen going for 10 bands. Yeah. We'll see. I'm looking, I'm looking a bit into the coaching uh, candidates. I'm watching it, which is basically watching interviews with them. And yeah. It's, it's kind of tough. I, I really like Ben Johnson from, from the lions. He's pretty young, but if you watch him, like I learned something just watching his, his press conferences, like the guy's pretty charismatic and like, he's pretty good with like, some guys just give kind of canned answers, but like he actually gives some like pretty insightful X's and O's stuff. I watched one on Mike Kafka and I thought he, his answers were just kind of canned, like, oh, you know, we're going to fit the scheme to the players and we'll see what we have. But I only watched one interview, so who knows? Yeah. Not also, or bad. It's I also feel like a lot of coaches are trying, they're trying like not to give anything away. And No, I, yeah, I, I just think it's good to kind of get a an insight into this, their kind of personality and like how they communicate. Right. I think like it, it's, it's, it's tough to draw a negative. Do you, do you think, do you think coach like, coordinators that have never had a head coaching job whenever they get interviews they tr- like i feel like didn't we talk about this with uh um fuck who are we talking with chris long about how like uh you know if you're a coach you know you're 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 trying to like put yourself out there and they like know people that are like oh like we're gonna ask you something or we're gonna do this we we need you to like show us something we're going to like pitch you to like owners because they have to like get their name out because they don't, the owners don't know these guys. Chris was talking about how owners will hire names they've heard before. Right. Right. So however they do that, they do that. Like Ben Johnson may not, first of all, his name is Ben Johnson, boring, forgettable (laughs) ass name. Ben Johnson. Forgettable name. Right. Campbell gets all the shine on that team. Like, is he just a hot enough right. name, right, for for an owner to sign off on it, right? Because so, so like, when like you're, we talked about with Long, they're not, or no, it's Seth. It was Seth we were talking. Was it about Seth? Seth? It was Seth we were talking about this with because we were okay. talking about like 
owner is on their jet. I couldn't remember if it was Seth. It, or- yeah, <laughs> owner is on their jet to their like diamond mines in Africa, <laughs> like grinding the film. Right? They're just right, right. ESPN. So, um, yeah, I genuinely think Kellen Moore is the worst coordinator in the NFL. He is so unbearably bad. I completely disagree with that. I honestly disagree with that so much. Like Kellen Moore, it's and it's from his own fans too. Like truly. The Cowboys offense, like with Dak Prescott, averages like 35 points a game, dude. Like it is not <laughs> poorly run or poorly coordinated. Like I I get it. Like I get it. I've charted Cowboys games and I get that he just goes shotgun run, shotgun run, shotgun run, shotgun run, shotgun run, shotgun run. And then it's under center run, under center run, and under center run, under center run. And then the next drive, it's like under center pass, under center pass, under center pass. I get that. But like the plays are good like it, it works i don't right i don't quite the, the biggest problem with the cowboys is they just don't have the offensive line that they used to that's i think that's really what it comes down to right at it's, least offensively yeah the the plays are good to me like they're 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 good plays they run a lot of different stuff it's 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 a fun passing offense because it's it's they're real plays a lot of the time it's like <laughs> some real shit that they're running and it's not just a <laughs> RPO offense like they have Greg Roman bullshit whatever and there's not much motion which I think annoys Cowboys fans because they see like Shanahan doing all the motion and they're like well that's what makes the more motion you have the more uh the better the coordinator you are is like I think what a lot of people think and more doesn't do much it's kind of a static thing but like when when you're Dak Prescott who's super smart he's crazy smart right and and this is something Rogers has said he wants less motion Peyton Manning hated motion because he just wanted to line up and get the maximum amount of time possible to just look at shit before the right. play. And that's what you want Dak to do, right? You, you just want him to look at shit because he Dak is really smart. I know he's throwing all these picks and people think he's dumb and, and an idiot, but they, they like Dak is a very much a ball knower test yeah. is what you think of Dak Prescott, I think. Like Draymond in the in the NBA, maybe a little <laughs> bit. It's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you think Dak is ass. Like you, you don't know ball, but anyway, he's very smart and that's why things are static. And I think, I know that they, I think they give more calls, three plays is what I've heard is the, the structure of the thing. Like more calls, three plays, Dak chooses the one he likes the most based on the coverage. And that's what they run. So it's like, and it's working. They score a shit ton of points. So yeah. like, I, I, I really don't like think that, that Kellen Moore is a bad like the worst coordinated, the worst in the whole league. Really? Like <laughs> I can worst. think of, I can think of two in the AFC North that are worst. <laughs> right. Easily. <laughs> oh my God. I could, all of them in the AFC North are probably worse. Like it just, he's good. He's good. Um, yeah, I, I am not a Kellen Moore hater. Like a lot of people are until, until he, and Scott Turner got fired today, who I, I didn't even think was bad in Washington. Like, again, you're dealing with, a literal XFL quarterback for most of his tenure there got pretty good results. And then they're like, well, we got to do something like someone's got to get fired and it can't be the quarterback because it's not free agency yet. So see you, Scott Turner, like, bye. And it's like, what, what did you think he was going to do? Like he was Taylor Heineke, bro. Right. Like, I, do, I don't know, man. It's, I, I, I think a lot of the coaching dialogue, um, is is a little bit broken but anyway we're we're running out of time here so i'll stop yeah so that pretty much wraps things up on 
uh, Thursday's episode, we're going to, what were we going to do? Something. We were going to talk about best sports. case scenario, worst case scenario. For oh the, yes. Playoffs, yeah. playoffs, wild, that card. whole thing, the wild. That, card <laughs> yeah. That, that whole thing that's it. coming up. We'll probably, we'll probably chit chat a little bit, but thank you all so much for tuning into this live stream. And as always from corn boy, bird boy and lemon boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.